Welcome to Adulting on the Spectrum. I'm Andrew, an Autistic Certified Financial Planner. I co-run Adulting on the Spectrum with Eileen Lamb. Hey, Eileen. Hey, everyone. In this podcast, we want to highlight the real voices of autistic adults, not just inspirational stories, but people like us talking about their day-to-day life. Basically, we want to give a voice to a variety of autistic people. Today, our guest is Anna Sharska. Did I say that right? Yay. Uh, Anna is a Dublin-based actress, producer, writer, and director who was born in Poland, currently resides in Ireland. She was raised in California as an only child and has always had an interest in creative pursuits. Anna has been involved in the industry throughout her life, starting with commercials and acting courses in Beverly Hills. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're excited to uh, talk to you today. So before we start, we want to ask you how you like to identify uh, when it comes to autism, like autistic person, person with autism, and also your preferred pronouns? Um, I prefer autistic, and my pronouns are they. Thank you. Can you tell us about when you were diagnosed and what that experience was like? Yes. Um, so I was diagnosed late, <laughs> um, just a couple of years ago. Uh, so I think I was 35, 36 at the time, and um, it was quite a lengthy process. Um, here in Ireland, like we have a lot of uh, social systems and constructs. I don't know if you know too much about the way that works, but um, I remember going, you have to go through your GP, so your doctor, <laughs> to then go through um, their services and then they assign you more services and it just takes a, pr- a long time. But I was told through my doctor that, um, so once I was referred, they actually told me that there wasn't any services available uh, in my area for um, people getting assessed for autism as adults. And so I asked if there was, you know, um, a different area that I can maybe go to, say Dublin, as I'm actually in Maynooth. And they said no. So the only options for me were then private pay, which are quite expensive. Um, So it took me quite a while to be able to find somebody that actually would assess me um, on a sliding scale fee. And that, again, took a long time as well with all the paperwork and all the different things that we had to do. So it was um, a few years of a process before I got my official diagnosis of like a couple of years ago. And at the time, I already knew that I was autistic um, due to my own research and uh, the autistic community and hearing their stories and all of, you know, everything that I've essentially been able to find out, I kind of already knew, um, but I just wanted to have that confirmation, um, you know, through, through a professional. And it was, um, it was a whirlwind, world, excuse me, whirlwind <laughs> um, of an experience. It was um, all of the emotions at once, even though I already knew it was still just having that validation meant so much to me. And um it really made me look back on my life and all of the times where I struggled and all the times I didn't have any support or any way to explain to people why I was different or how I was different. And I felt that um, I was very upset that so many psychologists that I'd gone to had never once uh, offered to assess me for autism, even though I was very obviously autistic. Um, And I think if I would have had that support earlier on, um, I think my life would have been a lot happier and a, a lot, definitely a lot easier, both in school in in work and also in um personal connections so it was really meaningful to me to finally have it and to give me that language to be able to explain to people why i'm different how i'm different um it really meant a lot when uh, i hear your story i feel like i'm telling my story i'm i'm from france so you know you're europe that's part of the world right <laughs> and uh i feel like i don't know if it's the same in ireland but uh they're 
even more behind than the United States when it comes to autism and diagnosis. So growing up, uh, it's really difficult for me. And I feel like if I had, you know, grown up in the US, I would have been diagnosed as a child. Uh, But being in France, it was like, no way. Even nowadays, like a lot of autistic people are still sleeping through the cracks. Uh, What's the process like in Ireland, like the actual diagnosis like are you doing like one-on-one with a therapist psychologist do they talk to your family what is it like for adults yeah um so I think you know just quickly to touch upon what you said I was raised in the U.S. and I was not diagnosed Mm -hmm. so it and I went to therapist after therapist for lots of things and not one person even thought to assess me so I don't think it would have been any faster I think if you were male it would be a lot easier but True. You know, um, but yes, uh, the process is um, essentially what I kind of hear happens around the world. So I had a very lengthy sort of um, lots of forms, <laughs> lots of questions about um, myself and um, everything that's happened in my life, um, as well as forms given to my parents, forms given to my friends, my closest, um, you know, people that were closest to me. All of that was taken into consideration, as well as one-on-one meetings. Um, so everything, all of that was taken into account before I was able to get my official diagnosis. Um, what, what's it like in, in France? Well, I was diagnosed in the US, but it was basically oh. this, the same thing. So a lot of like filling out questionnaires, talking to my uh, my parents, uh, my husband, like friends. Yeah. yeah so same thing, because they need to know that it started in childhood, I guess. Yeah. That's why they need to talk to the, the family. But I've heard from people like also getting diagnosis after one hour of talking to a therapist online. Uh, and just like, wow. yeah, I don't know if I'm... Uh, okay with uh, this way of doing diagnosis seems a bit uh fast but yeah it seems very very similar yeah Yeah. it's like yeah dozens of hours for me i think like 15 total because they did a lot of tests um but yeah it's it's uh it's interesting to hear about how they do it uh, in different part of the world and i mean even from doctor to doctor in the same country you're gonna get different uh, ways of doing it exactly exactly i think um my my son is actually going through an assessment process as well but it's um it's again been very difficult to you know to even get somebody to actually assess him it's just there's such a backlog here i think in terms of any kind of health or mental health services it's unfortunate so you're in ireland right now right that's right yes so can you tell us about your childhood when you came to the usa and what brought you back to ireland i guess (laughs) Yes, so I was born in Poland. And when I was three and a half, my parents moved to California in the US. And I grew up there, went to school there. um, But I was raised in sort of like a Eastern European community with uh, Polish and Russian people. Uh, So I actually, I grew up around Eastern European people. Um, And then uh, when I was after I had my son, when he was three and a half, same as I was, uh, I moved back to Europe, uh, to Ireland. So, uh, you know what they say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. What was uh, the reason you moved back to Ireland? Um, I would say it was life situations. Um, at the time, there was a lot that happened that was uh, rather difficult to manage over there in California, financially and um, career-wise. And it seemed like the best sort of choice to you know, to move over here back to Europe where there is more social um, sort of plans in motion for people, you know, healthcare and different things, college for my son, you know, there's a lot of benefits to being here as well as, you know, living in a safer environment. My son can go outside and play and I don't have to worry about him. Whereas in California, I wouldn't 
if if we were walking down the road, I'd have to be holding his hand. Like I'd be so scared that somebody would just take him. So, um, you know, and here I can leave, I can leave toys in the yard and nobody steals them. You know, in fact, sometimes they'll come and bring them if they see it and, you know, a little bit down the way, they'll bring them back to me. You know, um, everybody's just so lovely and I, I feel safe having my son here and I wouldn't have been able to even afford an area in California that I would feel safe raising my child in. So um, I think a lot of it was very situational for me and the people here, I had visited here before and the people here are very welcoming, um, very helpful. It's very community oriented here in Ireland. And I really liked that. Um, no, and, and it's true. It's not that like for anyone who's not, doesn't know California, it's not that it's all unsafe. It's, I think a lot of it's the high cost of living, especially like in the area, like, um, well, pretty much most of California, right? Um, especially if you're again near Beverly Hills, right? Um, just in general, it's a very expensive place to, to live. So yeah, so you claim to be the first openly autistic filmmaker. No, no. Uh-uh. Wait, I'm actually not sure um, where that came from. Um, I am not probably not the first. <laughs> but, so, um, but yeah, I hence, hence why I used all, the language uh, openly or you claim to be openly. But OK, so not sure it came from either. I, I am openly autistic. There are few people that are uh, comfortable being openly are open about their diagnosis, I would say that. But I know that there are many uh, autistic filmmakers and I know that even mm. in Hollywood, you know, you see more and more people coming out openly as autistic, um, not just not just in, in the film industry, but, you know, all over the world, you're seeing more and more people. Um, often we're business owners, <laughs> it seems to be a thing. Um, we, some, we seem to work better for ourselves than other people, but, um, but yeah, um, so I wouldn't say that I'm the first, but uh, but definitely one of few. <laughs> so have you always known you wanted to be a filmmaker? Um, you know, autism is a lot with, you know, special interests. Do you like watching movies? Or, you know, I have uh, someone who works for me was a film major. And I guess there's like a joke, like at film school that like, well, she hasn't seen a lot of like the some of the super famous <laughs> movies, right? Because it's kind of different to, you know, do something for a living versus you know, to enjoy it as well. So did you, did you love Phil? What do you like to do and why do you like to do it is my question. Um, so that's kind of an interesting one. When I was younger, um, so I did start out with acting um, and I really loved it. I loved being on set and being with other creative people and being able to express myself openly and intensely in a way that doesn't scare people. Um, so I really enjoyed that. But uh, but I found that the set culture um, in California at the time was really disrespectful, um, especially if you're not a male. <laughs> um, and I found that the people that were also like my teammates, my, my partners, you know, um, everyone there was so, so much more interested in looking better than me, you know, rising above me than working with me. And, um, and that was kind of their, not just me in general, if you know what I mean, they, it, it's all about getting ahead, getting seen, um, look at me, you know, um, instead of teamwork and collaboration, which is what I was more interested in. And at the time, that's why I took quite a break from acting and the film industry. I was very interested in writing. Um, writing is one of my, my biggest talents. It's one of my, um, it's like breathing for me. <laughs> uh, I, I have to write all the time, um, whether it's, you know, whether it's poetry, stories, uh, articles, I just love writing. So that was one of my biggest loves from early on. I also was very interested in um, 
I looked into environmental law. I looked into, um, you know, um, uh, actually, I was, I was even considering um, police detective work. I was considering um, uh, being a forensic accountant. Uh, actually, that was my <laughs> my started career path before my son came along. But um, but I think what happened was when I moved out here, I had finished my business degree. And I was looking for work in the business sector, actually. And um, I met some people here that said, well, while you're looking, you know, why don't you do some, you know, gigs here for the film industry since you have a background in this? And I said, that's a good idea. So um, I gave that a go. And it, it was immediately, I fell back in love immediately. It was the, the first day I remember being on set and I was just, I knew it was me. It was like the Harry Potter moment, you know, where he, where he gets the wand and, and it just everything. And they always say, you know, it chooses you you know, and that's how I felt about the film industry here. I felt like it chose me and, and it just sort of became, I wasn't really looking for it, but I realized that I loved it so much and I became incredibly passionate about it. And kind of like you said, tunnel vision, you know, everything was about film, <laughs> everything was, um, you know, so I just, I started really focusing on building my career in a variety of different areas in the film industry. And about almost five years ago now, I started my own production company here in Ireland, Sticky Date Productions. And um, I found that being a producer, director, you know, uh, really suited my personality because in both of those roles, you have to be business minded and really understand that aspect of things, but you need to also be creative. And I've always been kind of a mesh of both. So I think it just sort of, it just sort of found me and it fit. I think it's really what happened. <laughs> That's nice. Do you think your autism has helped you in any way during your career? Or has it made some things more difficult in other ways? Both. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure as you know yourself, um, it can be an amazing gift and also a hindrance. I'd say that the way that it's really helped me is in terms of passion and focus and in getting things done. I never quit. <laughs> so I just, you know, I go and go and go and go until the goal is reached. And having that kind of, that kind of focus um, is hard to come by. But I think when it comes to the film industry, especially you have to have it because it is such a hard thing to do and to succeed in that if you don't have that kind of you know, focus to, to really achieve that goal, no matter what, you're not going to. So I think that it's really helped me in that way. But for in terms of, oh, and also creative thinking. Um, so as an autistic person, I see things a bit differently. So I come up with uh, solutions for things that are kind of outside the box uh, that other people maybe didn't see or think of because they, you know, they have a different way of thinking. So I'd be, you know, the first one to kind of come up with, well, hey, why don't we try it this way? Or, you know, that's, even though that might be a challenge, let's try this, you know? Um, but in the way that it's really been challenging for me, I'd say is communication. I, one of my biggest things regarding my autism is that, I need very direct and clear communication. And I found that sometimes, especially here in Ireland, it's been definitely a struggle. People here are not very direct. And, um, and I think in general, people are not as direct as I am or as direct as I would like them to be. So I have to, I have to really, you know, make sure that I'm understanding clearly what somebody is after and what they're looking for. Um, or what their instruction is. Um, and I found that that can seem, that can almost seem quarrelsome sometimes because 
you're asking so many questions to really understand because you're not getting the actual basics that you know everyone else sort of seems to just work with so even though they're not clear they'll work with those kind of explanations you know or instructions or whatever it is but for me i need it to be completely 100 clear from start to end um before i can really start or to really grasp something um and so i found that um a lot of times autistic people are seen as quarrelsome or argumentative because they ask so many questions and because they clarify so much it seems it seems almost you know it doesn't seem adaptable or or flowing or or you know um it seems a bit bold but um but i don't feel like it is but and other autistic people that i've that i've communicated with don't seem to have a problem with it uh we communicate very well as you probably know yourself but when it comes to um when it comes to just neurotypical people there's always going to be a problem with communication unless both sides are very good at being clear that's sort of been my biggest hindrance i'd say you have an example of a time where that hurt you in your career and and, and what did you do about it i sort of do i have to leave out names okay that's <laughs> I'm okay. not allowed to speak about it but um but i can say anyway that i that i was working on a film project um and it was um I was working with another producer, the co-production, and um, and they they seem to have a very different idea of some things than I did, and that didn't come out until the end. But I had um, I had tried to clarify once I realized the the misunderstandings were coming up, and it ended with with <laughs> with this person first didn't want to respond to me for days, um, then took me off of some of the things that we were managing together, took me off of post-production entirely. Um, and then we had to actually, we were talking about consulting lawyers because of how broken apart the communication had become. And it was, it was because I was being, I was trying to be very clear about what I thought was, you know, said in the first place. And they seemed to kind of be going back on it, but, um, but they, I guess, weren't, clear enough in the first place for you know what they wanted so everything that I understood was lined up here here and here and that's what I expected at the end this this and this and when it came to the end you know there were so many other things and so much problems and I felt um I felt that if they would have just been a bit clearer in their communication um it would have been a lot easier and if they would have um understood my intentions that I wasn't trying to be hostile I was trying to understand exactly what was going on and to to make sure that I'm getting what was owed to me if that makes sense or what was said to me so in these sorts of situations you know it's really been a learning lesson to make sure that things are completely clear in your contracts um, rather than find out later you know because you have an email uh, that said this or that um, you know, to really just clarify from the get-go on both sides exactly what's expected, exactly what is given, the deliverables, et cetera, at, you know, towards the end, the credits, everything, um, because it, it really can burn bridges, you know, if you're not 100% clear. And I think that, that that's an important lesson really for everybody. Just be very, very clear in your communication when you're starting a partnership in the first place. Even for neurotypical, I mean, everybody, yeah. right? communication But, is so important. And I, yeah, it's, you know what you said about people kind of get upset when you ask a lot of questions or they think it's rude but like it's so much better to do that than to end up with a big miscommunication and yeah yeah your experience yeah. Is really rough. And, and i do find too if 
you know, it can sometimes be helpful to, you know, say like the reason that you're asking the question and the reason doesn't have to be, you know, you're autistic. So, you know, it, it, yeah. that might not be helpful to the person who doesn't even have a good understanding of what that means, even if they are autistic. So now I think it's definitely helpful for, hey, I would like to just clarify this point in the contract because, um, yeah. you know, here is my concern. And I always find that that's usually helpful because then both parties like, oh, they're not just trying to like screw me over. Like, here is their concern. <laughs> now we can address it. Like, you know, yeah. if they kind of know why, you know, you're asking, it can maybe bring things a little you know, closer together because yeah. the reason somebody might be asking for something, well, that might be different than the reason you're thinking they're asking, right? And maybe there's a different way to, to solve for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm very clear in explaining my intentions in general, but I think that especially here in Ireland, people are not used to people that are very direct. Like I said, in, in the US, I think it would be a little bit easier. Um, and it's funny because people in the film industry in the US tend to be difficult uh, to work with their, um, they can be more disrespectful, especially if you're not male. Here, there's a better sense of teamwork and a better sense of equality. And people here are just a bit more respectful no matter what your position is. Um, but but I do find that their sort of lack of, of direct conversation is, can be difficult because when you have when there's somebody like me who's autistic and needs very direct communication um it can cause a lot of problems when there's a culture difference as well for them being particularly indirect and i think that that causes a lot of problems for me with my autism can you tell us about the movie you made mildly different yeah um it's a short film and it's it's about a young woman on the spectrum who struggles with the world around her until the kindness of one person um, sort of helps her to grow her self-confidence and allows her to sort of do things that she was hesitant to do before in her life to move forward in what she wanted to do. Um, because I think that all of us, everybody, um, needs connection, whether you're autistic or not. And I think a lot of the perception is that autistic people shy away from connection which has not been my experience at all I think a lot of autistic people that I've known including myself actually really crave and want that connection it's more just that the way that people judge them and perceive them can be a hindrance to finding that connection and this film was it was actually it's starring an autistic actress uh Jordan Jones uh she's she's an autistic actor written directed by myself um, a lot of our casting crew were neurodiverse, not all autistic, but, um, you know, ADHD, um, OCD, um, all the different variations. So I was trying to be as inclusive as possible. We had, um, you know, we had the story was based a lot on my experiences and a lot on the experiences of people who I've met in the past who were autistic in the autistic community. So there was a lot of that in there. And I really wanted to kind of show the world what it's like from our perspective. Um, because again, like I said, something like connection, you know, they, somebody wouldn't see how important that actually is and how much that can change our, our way of going about things, our self-confidence, our self-esteem. Um, and so I felt like this was, this was kind of the, you know, really important in, in the film and in the story to show what it's like for us from an authentic perspective and also to, to show that connection is so vital and important to us as well which is often misunderstood and yeah. Do you have a favorite memory to share from uh, during the production of the movie? 
Yeah, I um, you know, I really all of it is is I couldn't I can't think of just one. It's um, it kind of just I really to me it was it was years in the making. So it was so important for me to just be able to actually make the film and be there with everybody and everybody was so supportive we had such a wonderful cast and crew um and and I just it was I think just the overall support from from everybody on set and and how lovely everybody was how talented the actors were and how much they put into the role as well as um this the community support that we received was also tremendous and very much appreciated um and I think that that really just made it a lovely experience whereas a lot of I mean obviously there's stress on every set and there always will be um but I think because everybody really believed in the vision and really wanted to be involved in this project it it kind of made made for a really lovely set experience a lovely team experience if that makes sense and I think that's really what I took away from it the most it was one of the just best gelled uh, teams that I've worked with. So it was really amazing to have that. It seems that there's a lot of controversy every time a movie about autism comes out. Um, or, you know, what, how has Mildly Different been received? Very well. <laughs> um, we've gotten a lot of uh, comments from autistic people and their families as well as to how um moving and touching the story was and how much they um related to it that they kept seeing things in the movie and going I do that you know I do that you know um so it was really amazing so many people in our screenings in the audience were leaving in tears so I think that that was a good thing um and I it really meant a lot to me to to kind of see the reaction um we did have a little bit of trouble in the start um before the film was made when we were funding the film um some of the some you know people are always skeptical as to who's making the film and is it really something worthwhile or is it just what they call inspiration porn which we got you know there was a lot of that kind of stuff so we really had to explain that this is made by autistic people it's including autistic people in the process it's you know the entire thing is to really show an authentic authentic um vision of what it's like to be autistic and and so that took a little bit of smoothing over everybody's like you said very skeptical but um in the end we ended up with a tremendous amount of community support in fact we wouldn't have a film to make if it wasn't for that um i i crowdfunded uh 35,000 uh euros um plus we also had a a, a grant from the arts council of ireland a disability a disabilities work work grant um managed by arts and disabilities ireland so it's if we didn't have uh, that community support, 95% of our funders were actually strangers. And if we didn't have that community support, there would be no film. So I, I think that speaks a lot in how, you know, the project was received as well as um, what happened afterwards once people actually saw the film. Um, there's just been a lot of positive, uh, positive support and, and that's really wonderful. That's, a, that's great to hear. And every time a movie about autism comes out, I mean, I feel like people are always going to find something negative to say, but since yeah. you're autistic and the actors are autistic, it's kind of like you've got the two big things covered because these are two big criticism that, you know, you hear yeah. about. And then, you know, it's too, it's too much stereotypes or people can't identify. So yeah, I, where yeah, can we watch your movie? Um, well, I'll I'll get to that in just one second. Do you remember the film release of Sia, the Sia music? Uh, yes. Yes, and how badly that went down. That's right. Yeah. I remember we were crowdfunding at that time, and when 
Thea had uh, had all of the, the the backlash of that. I remember using that as like, you know, I was like, well, if you don't like that, here's our <laughs> film. You know, so I remember posting on her, you know, on the comments about C, and I was just like, well, here's an autistic made like film, support us. And so many people actually did. So it, it kind of the fact that there was so much backlash of other people helps you actually work for me yeah because I was like well we are you know made by about and starring autistic people so um so yeah that actually helped me a lot uh, in my campaign it was lucky timing I'd say um good but yeah um sorry the question you just asked oh where you can see the film so uh currently uh we just went through a few festivals we're waiting on the last bit um to know whether we're we're going to be shown anywhere else or not there it's going to be a few more months before we have all of the um responses in after that so once we have all of the festival run finished then we'll be working on distribution we're looking at um possibly putting the film up on amazon so that everybody around the world can have access to it as well as sending it out to different uh, organizations and educational facilities um to just you know if anybody is interested in the film to to show you know, autistic people or their families um, to just kind of get it out there as something that people could use to describe what they're going through and to understand better what their family and friends are going through, or even just to understand what autism is like, even if, you know, just, just to understand it. And, and I think that um, if we can get as wide of a reach as possible, um, I think that will, that will be really great. It would be, yeah. So you, you managed to achieve your dream maybe not a childhood dream but a dream <laughs> do you have uh, advice for autistic people who want to pursue a career in acting or filmmaking yeah um well it's all kind of different so depending on which area you want to pursue but i will say that pertaining to autism specifically um it is a high stressful highly stressful um position no matter what you're doing whether it's acting producing directing anything in the film industry is very stressful. So um, I'd say you'd have to know yourself very well before um, before you venture into this kind of field. Know what you can handle, know what you can't. Be very clear about that um, when you're working towards your goal. Um, but also there are so many positions that if, for instance, if, for instance, you can't, uh, you can't manage the stress of, for instance, directing or, or producing, which is extremely stressful perhaps uh, there's other roles like editing or or composing um which do have you know their time limits and it can be a bit stressful but those are more quiet kind of behind the scenes and you're still being creative and you're still able to um to contribute to making something amazing so i'd say really research all of the roles and what is expected of each role so that you know what to get into because you know, it would be very sad to see somebody spend years going to school for something and then get on set and go, I can't do this. You know, this is just too stressful. And then they feel completely, you know, deflated. Whereas, you know, I'd say research all of the different roles, see what's needed for everyone, talk to somebody specifically about what it's like on set for that role or behind the scenes for that role or whatever it is. Um, and just know yourself very well. And, and there's always going to be a place that you can find um, that's going to work for you, but you just, you really need to do some digging more so than most people would need to, um, just in case. No, that's uh, great advice. Now, so other than your own, you know, film, um, what is, what are some of your favorite autistic representations, you know, in the media? So whether 
you know, um, you know, let's go with TV show, movie, and actor, actress, and why? That is a really good question. Very complicated question. Uh, <laughs> okay, or, or you so, could pick uh, one. I, I tried to make it not open-ended <laughs> on purpose, but, okay, you know, okay. um, so you can pick any of them, so. Yeah, um, that is a really good question. There's so many characters that come across as autistic but aren't actually you know, said to be autistic. Um, but I think, huh, I'm not even sure which to pick or what to say. There's just, there's so, there's so many different options. I know, for instance, um, like Anthony Hopkins is an autistic mm-hmm. um, actor who I greatly admire, um, who recently just came out as autistic. Um, and I will, I guess I'll say, I guess I'll go with him because, you know, you, you can always see how much he puts into each role and the emotion in each role and everything that he does um and he's such he's such an inspiration and so successful because you know every role of hit every film that he's in is is absolutely wonderful and it's because of because of how much he puts into his role and I think that that's you know even though I I've been focusing more on producing um as somebody who's done so much acting in the past it's um it's just wonderful to see somebody who is autistic do so well. And that's when, you know, you heard everything that happened with Sia about, oh, well, maybe autistic people just aren't great actors. And it's like, well, here you have Anthony Hopkins, who's, you know, winning awards and and whose films have always been very successful and such a wonderful, um, wonderful person, you know? So it's, um, yeah, I think, I think if I, if I had to pick, maybe I'd, I'd pick him just because he's, he's done so much and, has been so successful very very admirably so so we are i'm going to ask you some uh, quick fire questions so basically okay. uh, you tell me the first answer that comes to your to your mind i know okay. it's hard. <laughs> do you have a favorite quote if so what is it yes i do um if you if you put your mind to it you can accomplish anything and that was in back to the future <laughs> that was when i was a little girl i've been um I've had that one. Uh, I follow that one. I tell that to pretty much everyone. I think if you want something bad enough, you'll get it. It might take time. It might take a lot of work and a lot of patience. But if you really work on it and put your mind to it, you can get there. What's your favorite comedy movie? (laughs) Okay, so so I'm going to say Princess Bride. But even though that's kind of a fantasy comedy, because I don't usually like comedy films. (laughs) Princess Bride is um, a pretty good answer, although I'm sure Eileen hasn't seen it because she hasn't seen any movie so ever. Good. You so. have to see it. It's brilliant. Eileen, uh, you, 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 you need to like, I mean, Star Wars, <laughs> but no Princess Bride, Eileen, come on. <laughs> What's your favorite alcohol drink or non-alcohol? I don't drink, um, but I do have a mocktail that I really like, and it's uh, a mock amaretto sour. So, um, and, and there's a really great one at Picadero's, which is just down the street in the news from where I live. Um, they do an amazing one. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't drink at all. So mocktails are my thing. Who's your favorite actor? Oh, we asked that. Gary. Oh, that was autistic actor. Oh, no, you're right. Oops, my bad. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Um, Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's, um, he's a brilliant character actor. Um, he is in one of my all-time favorite films, actually two of my all-time favorite films, uh, 
Fifth Element and Bram Stoker's Dracula. And you can see in every role that he plays, he's an entirely different person. And it takes such such skill to convincingly play such different people. Um, I I have an immense respect for him. Always have. What was your uh, dream job as a child? I know you talked about being a, a police uh, detective. And if you had to, <laughs> what, what was it you wanted the most? Um, I mean, I definitely think when I was very little, acting was kind of, but I didn't really know much about filmmaking or anything like that back then. I also really wanted to be a writer, I think was probably the thing that stuck the most, that if I could choose any job um, at the time when I was little, anything, um, I think I would have chose writer, even though I, I, I know that it was a very difficult thing to get into, which is why I didn't pursue it as strongly. I do write, I do screenwriting, I do other writing as well, but um, but I think being a writer and being a successful writer is very difficult. Um, there's so much competition and it's very hard to market yourself to sell your, your material. So I never, I never went into it in the way that I wanted to. But um, I think if I had to pick, that would have been my absolute dream job. So I do still get to do it now, but um, <laughs> not as full time as maybe I would have wanted as a child. Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to be a writer too. And uh and I did it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. That's so amazing. It's such a hard field to go into. Not screenwriting though. I, I've tried my hand at screenwriting and it is so different than the writing I, I do. Uh, yeah. It's what, like what do you learning. write? I wrote uh, two books. One is, I don't know how you would describe poetry, self-help. And the other one is uh, more, a, a memoir. And uh, both, okay. uh, both were published. And uh, yeah, that's why I love the quote. Uh, because really, it was all about not giving up after getting yeah. told, nope, nope, no. Nope. I was like, well, you know what? I want this, so I'm going to keep trying. That's and right. So you get it, right? Exactly. You have to. And and I find that, um, especially for people who um, are not male, I keep saying this, but but it's just it's such a struggle for for people who aren't male to to be very successful in their careers because they have to prove themselves so much more than people who are male unfortunately um that's been my experience as well it's like um when you're a producer and you're a man and you say I'm you know I'm a producer they say what do you do I'm a producer and like oh great that person's a producer but you know if you're not a male and you say I'm a producer they go really and and like a, a real producer you know and and like what kind I mean small projects right like what, what kind of projects have you really done you know and and that's the difference and and I think that like yourself um you do you do have to work even harder um when you're not male and it's um I, I I have a lot of respect for people like like yourself who have made it and who have really stuck by them you know the difficulties that they've had to go through and just made it and and that's so amazing so congratulations for for actually getting to your dream job that is that is so amazing thanks I appreciate it do you want to tell people uh, where they can find you if you're online or anything about your movie, like self-promotion? Go, go for sure. it. Sure, yeah. Um, so for my company, you can find me at www.stickytapefilms.com. That's where most of the work will be. Uh, for Facebook, we have, um, for Mildly Different, we have facebook.com slash mildly different film. Um, on Twitter, I'm A Charska, C-Z-A-R-S-K-A. -A. Um, and uh, yeah, we also have Instagram, just look up Sticky Tape uh, Productions. And um, yeah, so you can, you can, I'm kind of on all the socials. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, chatting with thank us. You. It was great to hear about your movie and your experience. Thank you for thank having you. me. And it was lovely to meet you both. Yeah, thank you for coming.